Good morning, and welcome back to Home Worship Resources for this week. This week, I have the great privilege of introducing a friend to you who will be bringing us through Psalm 91 and preaching for us this morning. His name is Taylor Holbrook. He's the recently retired pastor of Hopewell Junction Reformed Church in Hopewell Junction, New York, where he still lives. We had lined him up to preach this Sunday months ago when I thought I would be gone to be officiating my cousin's wedding in Michigan, which I'm not, but Taylor was still willing to preach and give me a break this week, which is awesome. I first met Taylor through a Bast preaching group we were in through Western Theological Seminary. He toward the end of his career, me toward the beginning of mine, when we spent a year together thinking about what it is to dwell in the Word, to craft a sermon, and to deliver it to people. It was an experience that had a profound impact on my sense of calling and preaching life, and on his as well, even though we were on opposite ends of our careers. I've had a chance to interact with him through Ritter Church Renewal and through Faith Walking. And going back a few years more, Taylor Holbrook was mentored by Willis Jones through his time in seminary and into ministry, Willis, of course, being a former pastor here at Wyckoff Reformed Church. I'm excited for the message that Taylor has for you today. Um, and as we welcome him into this digital space together, I want to invite you to pray with me for him and for the message he has for us. Let's pray. Lord, it's in your light that we see light. It's in your truth that we find freedom and in your way that we find peace. So shine on us this morning, we pray. Speak through Taylor to the rest of us. Open his lips. Open our ears and our hearts to receive the word that you have for him, for us this morning. Lord, come and speak. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Welcome, Taylor, with me. Thank you so much for this invitation to preach in these strange times. I planned to get a haircut just before Easter. I never dreamed I would not have a haircut, and it's already Pentecost. My curls are longer than ever. I apologize for the shagginess, but I did put on my clerical collar today in honor of Willis Jones. Willis was the pastor of Wyckoff in the 80s, and he was a mentor of mine. He was not one to pay attention to fashion at all, and mainly wore black suits and clerics. The story I remember, Willis and I were headed to Michigan to marry his daughter. We were driving in the middle of night, leaving New Jersey. I met him on I-80. There he was, dressed in his black suit with his clerical collar. I said, Willis, we're driving all night. Why are you dressed like that? He said, I haven't gotten a ticket yet. Full disclosure, with a collar and a suit jacket, I'm wearing shorts and no shoes out of the camera's view. I've known many, many good folks from Wyckoff, friends that are there. Most recently, Pastor Andy and Samantha were friends with my daughter when they were all at Hope College. Andy shared with me that you have been working through the Psalms in this season and invited me to join the journey with you. I've chosen Psalm 91, a good psalm for a crisis like this, because it was a psalm that got me through one of the deepest crises of my life. Hear the word of the Lord. 
You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night or the arrow that flies by day or the pestilence that stalks in darkness or the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. No scourge come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Those who love me, I will deliver. I will protect those who know my name. When they call to me, I will answer them. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue them and honor them. With long life, I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The state trooper flagged me down as I was riding my bike along Lake Champlain. I was on a ride from Montreal to New York City, joining the C to C ride, raising money to fight hunger. The trooper said, you need to call your office. There's been an accident. In the next few moments, I learned that my son was in a coma in Michigan. He had been preparing for his second year at Hope College when he was in an accident in a car driven by one of his best friends from New York. Steve, his friend, was dead. And Andrew, my son, was as close to death as you could be. As I flew to Michigan with my youngest daughter to meet my wife and eldest daughter, who had been on a mission trip to Mexico at the time. My daughter said, Dad, we're now one of those families. I said, what do you mean? She said, we have a before and an after. We are all one of those people now. We have a before and an after. We will look back on the COVID-19 and remember the spring of 2020 when there was a before and there was an after. In the summer of 2013, Psalm 91 became the Psalm we prayed every day. In the summer of 2020, I pray this Psalm becomes a part of your prayer every day. I don't think you can find a psalm of greater promise, of power, or protection. If you, one, take shelter, two, abide, three, say to the Lord, my refuge, and my fortress, my God, whom I trust, nothing bad will happen to you. No pain, no pestilence, 
no depression, no enemy arrows, no evil. You won't stub your toe and you will die old, peacefully in your bed. It's amazing the promise of this psalm. Perhaps this psalm was in the mind of one of those protesters driving by the state capitol in Michigan that on the side of his van had written, Jesus is my vaccine. Or if you know Joe Exotic, the main character in the most watched documentary of all time, Tiger King, he would not need to take a pistol into the lion cage with him. Because the promise is you can tromp on lions and step on snakes and not worry. The psalm starts in the first two verses with a foundation for that authority, a complete picture of God. The psalmist uses four Hebrew names for God. The first, Elion, translated the Most High, describes God as supreme, the God of all gods. Next is El Shaddai, translated here, Almighty, able to act with absolute power. Then is the more familiar and the personal Yahweh, written here as the Lord. The personal name for God, which was given to Moses and stressed the relationship of God with God's people. Finally, Elohim, which is the first name used in Genesis 1, one, in the beginning, God, the creator, my God, my creator, says the psalmist. The complete picture of a creator who is all powerful, unmatched, and personal. The promise of the psalm is clear, but is it true? Was it true for that Virginia pastor who said, my God is bigger than this virus and defiantly held services in spite of lockdown orders. He died of coronavirus on the eve of Easter. Was it true for the Reverend Dr. Greg Mast, president emeritus of our seminary, New Brunswick Seminary, a good, gracious, godly man who had dinner with another former seminary professor, Al Jansen, who had just been to Europe. They ate together, they both got coronavirus, and they both are now dead. Finally, was it true for Jesus? The devil quoted the prosperity gospel to Jesus and the temptation in the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry. Throw yourself off the temple and let everybody see. He quotes this Psalm, Psalm 91. He will give his angels charge over you. No angels came at the cross when Jesus cried out the words from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is it true for you? I know in any gathering of people, we have so many in our midst who have a before and have an after. And if you don't now, you will. 
what are we to say to these things? Either we jettison the psalm as it slams against experience, or we look at its truth in a deeper way. Walter Brueggemann, an Old Testament scholar, speaks of the Psalms in three categories. He speaks of Psalms of orientation, disorientation, and reorientation. It mirrors Richard Rohr, one of my favorite spiritual writers. I was actually reading his book, Falling Upwards, at the time of my son's accident. He speaks of three movements in life, from order to disorder and reorder. Understanding the Psalms and our life through these three lenses, we come to a deeper understanding of our faith, our lives, and our world, especially in times of crisis. Psalm 91, at first glance, is a Psalm of orientation. Like Psalm 23, which I know you've already looked at, it's a Psalm of order. This is the way we want the world to work. If we do the right thing, good things will happen to us. This is the movement of orders as we develop a worldview of faith and a container to structure our lives. But then the reality of life points to that second series of Psalms. Psalms of disorientation, all the Psalms of lament. You looked at Psalm 42. My tears have been my food day and night as people cry out to me, where is your God? For Roar, these are the moments when our foundations are shaken. He uses that term, falling upwards. The moments in our lives that may seem the darkest of the times when we're opened up to ongoing spiritual growth. That leads us to the third type of psalm, the psalms of reorder. Reorientation, as Brueggemann calls it, going through the fire, we come through with a deeper sense of the beauty of life, the providence of God, and strength for the ongoing journey. You have studied these psalms in this season, Psalm 46, as the mountains quake, the psalmist says, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 116, For I have delivered, for you have delivered my soul from death. Psalm 126, When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who drink. These psalms are often placed next to each other, the biblical canon. Think of Psalm 22, Jesus' words from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The words that lead into Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. Our psalm today is preceded by Psalm 90. Both are attributed to Moses in the, in the Hebrew scriptures. Psalm 90 sounds very different than Psalm 91. We are consumed by your anger. By your wrath, we are overwhelmed. Make us glad as many days as you have afflicted us. These are songs in the key of life. The Psalms show us the good, the bad, and the ugly. But in the end, they point us to the deeper places of trust and prayer. Winston Churchill is known to have said, never waste a good crisis. 
His is an invitation for our day, summer 2020. Psalm 91 is true as it takes us to a deeper sense of reorder and reorientation. Our understanding of the goodness and providence of God was seen in a cross that becomes the center of our faith. That God is taking us through death into life, through the cross and suffering to resurrection. I remember the moment as clear as day when I stood with my phone hearing the news of my son. It was as if a voice spoke to me with that trooper beside me. He's going to be okay. Life will be changed, but he will be okay. At that moment, I saw this in an eternal affirmation. He may not live through this, but nevertheless, he is in the hands of a loving God. There was peace that carried me through the next 14 days of a coma, three months of intense rehab where he learned to breathe, eat, walk, live again. Andrew is alive and doing very well. Life has changed, but life is good. Praise God. We will come through this and we will be okay. My words mirror the Apostle Paul, who speaks to that young church in Rome that is going through crises after crises and saying, this doesn't seem to be working. Paul quotes Psalm 44 as he says, for your sake, we are being regarded as sheep led to the slaughter. We are being killed all the day long. But Paul closes with this, a deeper sense of what orders this universe. He says, what are we to say to these things? In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's poignant today that I remember the candidating sermon that Willis, my mentor, preached at Wyckoff in 1986. It was from John 16, 33, some of the last words of Jesus to his disciples. In the King James Version, Jesus says, In the world you have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. The title of that sermon that day, Cheers. It is true for us today. Amen. To God alone be the glory.